doing this? You want me? Our Father, we thank you for this gathering of uh, people from your church, and we thank you for this um, business we have uh, to do this evening. Thank you for the fact that we're about to worship you, and I pray that this this meeting would also have a feel of um, the Council of Jerusalem, Acts 15, where your spirit was with them, trusted you're with us. So we pray for you to um, let this be a time of celebration and rejoicing for this good, good news that we have to announce tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the first order of business is to elect a moderator. And uh, does anyone want to put forward a candidate for moderator? All right, a nomination for Ben Milner. Second that motion. All in favor? Aye. Uh, opposed? Okay, I'm the moderator. Power grab right there. It's a quick power grab. And then um, would somebody um, like to nominate a clerk? We need to elect a clerk. Second. Cooper, Cooper Carter. All right, Beth nominates Cooper Carter. Anyone want to second that nomination? Second. All right, all in favor? Aye. Uh, opposed? All right, thank you, Cooper. So, um, as moderator, I will um, call Austin Pfeiffer uh, to come and talk about our staffing philosophy. Hello, way to go, all of you beautiful people, for coming to this meeting. Thank you. Um, So, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. Um, in 2018, uh, well, actually, let's go back. Let's go back to like 2014. I was hired by Salem Press. We went from one employee to uh, and a child care person, and at that point, it was we were going through someone every three to six months in that job. Um, but then we added another employee, which was me. So it was Ben and I for a while, and uh, and Laura Best who's been around for almost as long as I have. She's probably going on eight years. So um, that's been kind of how we did things as a church. And the church kept growing, and it kept growing, and it kept growing. And uh, we kind of just kept it at that for as long as we possibly could, which is great because Salem is a church plant. We are only about 10 years old, give or take a couple years. And um, it was helpful to have the congregation be really involved in those things. But then at some point, there's a tipping point where... The congregation's doing so much to run the church that they can't do, like, the stuff that congregations are really good at, like making friends with people and inviting them over to their house because they're actually doing work that we could potentially hire people to do. So we looked at hiring some more people in some spaces where we felt like we could uh, have some help. So in 2018, there were three of us, and in 2019, there were four of us. Um, and so as we were going into sort of lockdown time, it was Laura Denlinger, Laura Best, Ben and I, and we decided we should open up and maybe hire some more people named Laura or other names as well. And uh, we ended up hiring Haley Westervelt to be a youth fellow. And then we did this big search process for the director of community care. And if you were around, we brought a committee together. And that was a really... Uh, a big shift, just like when we hired Ben and myself, these committees end up really informing the culture of the church uh, in big ways because they meet for 
you know, up, upwards of a year and think about what do we believe as a church? What's the culture of our church? How do we want to think about hiring people? And so we did a national search and um, we actually brought in candidates from out of town. It was a really extensive thing. Uh, and it turned out we didn't have to go very far. We hired Mary Margaret and she already went to our church. Um, but to her credit, you should know, it was not an easy process for her. Um, so where that led us is we started to, Ben and I especially, have conversations about what do we believe in how we hire people as a church? It's kind of this new thing. We always had elders, servant leaders, and, uh, and then a bunch of people who come to church and own everything. But now we had this other thing called staff. And we needed to figure out, well, what, what is, how does that fit in with this? And how do we be mindful about that not disrupting uh, how we already do things as a church? So I'm going to review a couple of things that we did. Um, in the fall, we decided, okay, before this gets any further down the road, this whole Salem Prez thing where we've got a couple of pastors, we have a couple of full-time staff now. We just added another one, Andrew Mooney. And... Um, and Andrew's going to be starting in July. So before we have two pastors, three full-time staff members, three part-time people, let's figure out what, what they all do. Okay? Hey, youth. Thanks for coming. And so we did this thing that we like to call the turning over the buckets. And we made these spreadsheets. And everyone got surveyed, the elders, the servant leaders, and the staff. So we got input from over 20 people. And we just asked everybody, hey, what do you think Ben does? What do you think Austin does? What do you think Mary Margaret does? What does a youth fellow do? What do elders do? What do servant leaders do? What does Laura Denlinger do? It was extensive. And we put all of these surveys together. And we said, all right, well, let's look at who does what. And we, uh, we had a couple of observations that I'm going to share with you today that led to some conclusions that Ben's going to share about. Um, the first was that um, everyone on our staff is doing a lot of cool stuff. So there wasn't any list where it was like, yeah, I'm not doing a whole lot. It's just kind of hanging out. Um, we also recognize that we, our elders and our servant leaders do a lot, which I think is great. And that's a separate conversation, but it was really good to think about how they fit in with staff, especially with pastors. Um, Laura and I had probably the lists that were the most diverse. Uh, and that was something that led us to rethink a little bit about our job descriptions. And I'm going to talk about Laura's in a second. Um, but we, we looked at those lists. We, we realized we might need some hiring opportunities. And one of the things that we saw on Laura's list was, okay, so she like edits the bulletin and she organizes brunches and she's great at those things. She also uh, does our bookkeeping. It's like, wow, that's pretty heavy to do the bookkeeping and then switch to be like, I'm gonna plan a potluck, but don't worry, I'm part-time, no big deal. So we realized, okay, Laura's job has a lot going on in it. Uh, and then the last thing I want to share, and then I'm going to tell you the results and kind of where we're going, and then Ben's going to talk, um, was we started naming these words that I would love for the rest of the church to know. Uh, one thing is we talked about, well, if we're ever going to hire people as a church, we want them to be duplicative. You can credit Ben for that word. And what we meant by duplicative was we don't want to hire people to offset work from the congregation. We want to hire someone who empowers people to do life together in the congregation. Does that make sense? So we don't want to hire just so we can be like, oh, I don't want to have to do this anymore. Let's pay someone to do it. We want to do it. No, no, I want to, we don't want to displace people in the congregation having a role in the life of the church. We want them, to, the congregation, to own the life of the church and then have people on staff who are empowering those people. Does that make sense? 
So duplicative, that was one thing. Um, the other was mission. We wanted to be uh, have, hiring people that are furthering the mission of the church, thinking outside the church or with groups of people that need to be empowered in different ways, like youth or uh, in Mary Margaret's uh, role, thinking about how do we do something missionally for our city where someone is thinking from a Christian perspective about mental health within a congregation. So we think that that's missional. It's not just um, like meeting uh, some demand within the church. So, and then um, the last thing I'll say is we, we I kind of mentioned this with the duplicative, but we want to avoid displacing lay people who already do really great things for the church. We don't want to just... Uh, pay people so that people in the church don't want to do things anymore. I already mentioned that. So here are some of the exciting results of this. Uh, one, we created this big chart. It's called the one chart. That's what I, that's the name I came up with. If you have a better name, I, I welcome it. It's one chart. And it basically lists to rule them all. And it lists what, uh, what the elders do, what the servant leaders do, what lay volunteers do. One of the cool things is now we have like a list of like, what are roles that we actually need to fill every year in the church from lay people? Um, We have someone who writes liturgy, Kim Watkins. We need more than one person to do that. We have people who facilitate small groups. Some of you facilitate small groups. Uh, We have people who lead youth Bible studies. So we now know like, oh, we need like eight of those people every year. We need six Sunday school teachers. We need a couple of liturgy writers. So those are roles that we've got written down. We know where they are. Um, We've got a list of what full-time staff do. So if you're ever like, man, I wonder who I should talk to about the liability insurance in the church, because I'm thinking of jumping off of the balcony. Well, you can look that up on this one chart and say, Austin, and then I'll tell you, please don't do that, because that would increase our insurance, and it might compromise our ability to keep meeting in this church. So you could find out, like, we'd want to talk to you about things from the one chart. Um, The other thing is we rewrote the job descriptions for Ben and myself and the rest of the staff to be a little bit more like, what are we hoping for these people to do? Not just like, uh, what are they going to do? And uh, by having this chart and these job descriptions we could do with this one book we read called The Poetry and the Plumbing of Church. Uh, and we had done a great job with the poetry. Ben's going to preach. Austin's going to do other stuff in the church. Um, but the poetry, we wrote that down. It's like preaching, praying. That's good. But who's doing the plumbing? And, and the point of this book is to say, um, you still like if the bathrooms don't work, that will affect the church long term. Right. So we wrote down who's in charge of all of these different things between these job descriptions and this chart. We hired a bookkeeper so that we could make Laura's list a little less long. Uh, and her name is Christine Grider. And we changed Laura's job description so, or title. Laura's title was ministry coordinator. So it was like, thanks, Laura. We'll do a couple of things. And then if you could coordinate ministry. So anything that falls under that category, if you could do that, that'd be great. And we narrowed it down to community coordinator. So Laura is not doing things that relate to Sunday worship or the work with our partner organizations and outreach type things. She's just doing work in the community realm, planning our retreat, helping organize the men's breakfast, women's brunch by finding hosts, things like that. Um, Editing our website so people know where that stuff happens. So that's the change to 
uh, Laura's title. And then, uh, and then we changed Ben's title and my title. And so I'm gonna, Ben's gonna stand up here with me, right? Yeah. Or it's gonna be like, a, like an Abbott and Costello bit, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so um, we, uh, we changed our titles and um, we're gonna talk, I'll let Ben talk about his first and we're kind of just gonna go back and forth comparing okay. and contrasting them. But why don't you yeah. share your title first? Okay, so my title um, is going to be the S Pope, S P O P E, um, Senior Pastor of Preaching and Evangelism. Okay, so that it's not necessarily a big shift or departure from what I was doing, um, but we are trying to uh, highlight uh, the preaching part, which um, I already do uh, w- probably more preaching than most um, senior pastors do, as far as just the number of weeks. I love love to preach and. We wanted to make sure that um, we distinguish preaching from teaching. So um, a, lot of pa- a lot of PCA churches would maybe call it the teaching pastor, um, but we thought preaching because we're talking the proclamation of the gospel. So uh, that's why the first part, uh, senior pastor, senior because I've seniority, because I've been here the longest, uh, preaching because we wanted to make it about the proclamation of the gospel instead of just teaching. So focus on that, make that very much a... Uh, a, a target point in my job description. And then the other thing is evangelism. And we thought about outreach um, because I do go and meet with newcomers. I wander around the church before and after church, try to meet newcomers. I um, try to learn their names, go visit them. Um, and there is an outreach aspect to it, but in, at, the, at the heart of the outreach is really you want someone who is lost to be found. You want someone who is um, dead in their sins to become alive in Christ. So we, and, and also evangelism has become an unpopular word. So we wanted to rehabilitate that word and really put that right in the job description. So uh, that's why we made it preacher um, and evangelism. And then I would also say one thing that we just made clear in the job description, right at the very top actually, is that uh, I, w- I am called to pray for the church regularly, uh, every day. Um, it's it's um, a big part of what I... I'm tasked to do by uh, the session. So um, that applies to both preaching and evangelism. I just wanted to just highlight the fact that um, a big part of my call, and I think this is a value of our church, is to, is to pray for the church. Mm-hmm. So Ben is the S Pope. S Pope. And then I, I'm uh, the PACLA or the PCLA, which we thought sounded a little bit like it could be a denomination. Um, so if the PCA and some Lutherans other have emerged, we could have, we might have to change my title because then it would get confusing, but it would be the pastor of culture and liturgical arts. And part of how we got there with this was that we've spent, I don't know, four years probably mm-hmm. talking about Ben and I have a really unique relationship. Um, many associate pastors view their job as sort of a five year then I'm going to become a senior pastor mm-hmm. track. And I think I may have even thought that for myself, but Ben and I have a really complimentary relationship. And, um, and a lot of senior pastors don't often do some of the things that Ben does, which is um, loves to meet with newcomers and, um, and loves to like be on the campus of a university. You know, those are things that oftentimes associate pastors like to do, go out, meet with people, get around the city. And a senior pastor uh, kind of goes to a lot of meetings with committees and groups. And I actually like going to meetings with committees and groups. And Ben really likes meeting with people. And we, we've loved that we have that complimentary relationship. 
but we didn't know how to fit it into the traditional roles. And so we've spent years kind of trying to figure out how to articulate that. So the pastor of culture and liturgical arts, um, the culture part is just kind of thinking through, it's using that term really broadly, which is, you know, as if it's not used even more broadly. I mean, culture is used to define anything, really. Uh, so it is very vague. But um, basically being tasked with fostering cultures within Salem Prez and stewarding them. So things like being the head of staff, so creating a, a staff culture. Um, Leadership training, teaching, exploring, and serving Salem, leading the process of officers coming on board. So creating like a culture of training up leaders. Uh, relationships with partners like Calvary Moravian. So the culture of how we relate to other organizations in the city. Uh, small groups. Uh, so how we have a culture of community and how we facilitate that through people getting together. So that's the culture part. And then the liturgical arts part is newer. It's been sort of informal. If you've come to church here, you've surely been around while I'm playing music. But that's actually just a passion of mine. It's never been part of my job description. And so we've more codified that as part of my responsibility. Somewhat because we felt like somebody probably needs to... Um, that's sort of been collectively owned by... Travis Linner has owned it big time for years uh, um, and other people as well. Uh, but it's kind of passed around and then sort of a potluck. And so now it'll be a little bit more like I'm actually tasked with uh, checking in with the people who write liturgy, uh, doing some volunteer training and recruiting for people who do things up front in our service, uh, thinking through the songs we select, um, having attention to the liturgical calendar, and having a more centralized uh, leadership around musicians and including all the musicians that we have as regularly as possible. So that's the liturgical arts part. There's also a communication part, like being tasked with thinking through things like the newsletters, uh, the missives that I send out periodically, uh, communicating with other churches, what we're doing, and um, being more engaged in like communicating what's going on, you know, in kingdom-minded sectors of the city. So. That's, uh, that's kind of it. I don't know if you, you want to say anything else Thank about you. our two jobs. I don't think. I guess the one thing I, I will mention is that um, one of the things that we've tried to uh, figure out is like even what, what does it look like expectation-wise for how we use our, our time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it seemed, you know, one of the ways we got here is like as we had a staff, it seemed like, well, Ben's really passionate about and great at meeting with people one-on-one. -on -one. So it seems hard to reduce that to increase him having more like sort of administrative organizational leadership mindset. And uh, and I've always had this sort of like guilt around like, I don't know, I can't keep up with how many people he meets with. I've, I've got these other things I, I'm trying to like take care of. And so we we've also kind of codified how we meet with people. So Ben meets with a lot more people than I do. And, um, and I go to a lot more like committee type meetings than Ben does. And that's important for everyone to know so that we don't like judge each other based on that. So especially like if you're like, man, Ben, I never see Ben at like the, at the meeting of the liturgy, uh, liturgists for church. Why wasn't Ben there? It's like, that's, that's okay. Ben's off doing his thing. He's meeting with, with people one-on-one -on -one who are new. And it's like, oh man, I don't like catch up with Austin. I don't go on walks with him as much as I do with Ben. It's like, well, that's because he's, you know, 
trying to figure out what our lease is going to look like with Calvary Moravian. So they're just different. And that this has been a nice way for us to sort of name that and put those things down. So uh, that's the last thing I'll say about that. And then Ben's going to talk now, I think, a little bit more about my job and my sabbatical. I think one symbol of the difference uh, in our roles is the fact that Austin is often in our, um, in our offices, um, which are at Flywheel, which is on the eighth floor of um, the old Intagon building, which is across from First Baptist Church, right next to the library, really beautiful, tall glass building. So Austin is in there most of the time. That's where you'll find Austin. Um, and then I, on the other hand, I'm only in that place for half a day, really, um, a little over half a day every week on Tuesdays. Um, so that's, you know, and then for the rest of the time I'm out and out and about. So that's kind of is the symbol of the difference in our roles. And, um, and having very complementary and equal roles, kind of hand in glove, it made a lot of sense to us and to the session um, to uh, change Austin's position from associate pastor to pastor. Um, which would also be a part of um, wanting him to be here long term. Um, and so the session is recommending that um, we change his call from associate pastor to pastor. Um, so although I would still be the, the senior pastor because I have more seniority, I've been here longer, uh, we would have equal authority, him as the head of the staff and then me as the moderator of the session. We would just have different authority structures. There'd be certain places where he would have the authority and others where I would have the authority. So offensive and defensive coordinator is one way to think about it. Um, Not like the two popes, you know, in the Middle Ages where they were warring over who had the real authority. It's not like that. It's like um, uh, a great offensive and defensive coordinator working together under a head coach who is the session. The session is the one who actually ultimately is in charge of the church. And it's a plurality of elders. So there is no one person that is running the church. But it made a lot of sense to the session um, to want to promote Austin to be uh, not associate pastor, but pastor. So um, we're going to have to vote on that, or we get to vote on that as a congregation. It's an exciting vote. We're going to do that in May. And until that time, please ask me or any member of the session um, any questions you have about that change. So uh, we would love to talk to you about that because there's a lot of exciting things about that. So that's the, that's the third point in the meeting. Um, the fourth is that uh, Austin's going on sabbatical, which he uh, should have gone last year. Uh, he's going a year later. Every seven years, hence the word Sabbath, every seven years, uh, pastors tend to take sabbaticals uh, where for three months, um, they are just off, and uh, they are called by God to, to rest, which is, um, it is a form of work. It's a different kind of work. Uh, so the idea is not just simply to relax. It's not just uh, R&R. That, that is an aspect to it that, that does matter. But, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's another aspect of it that is actually just, Austin just sent out a bunch of books to Oregon, right? I, I think so a lot of books out there he's going to be reading He's going to be in Oregon, uh, in, in a beautiful part of uh, rural Oregon. And so he will be um, in the midst of nature, in the beauty of nature, reading books, praying, um, and hopefully sleeping a decent amount, and just getting the rest that pastors often don't get, um, partly because of the nature of the job. 
And we do realize that in other jobs, they don't, you don't have sabbaticals. So uh, a lot of you, uh, in, you know, who work, um, you don't get these things. I mean, some people do, but, but, but not many jobs. And we, we understand that and we appreciate that. There is, part of the rationale for that is, is simply that pastors have very strange schedules uh, and we struggle to find these, these long periods of rest. We kind of find in-between times. But um, our work is very intertwined with our daily lives, which is great. I love that about my job. But I've also found it very, very beneficial to be on sabbatical two times. And I would say the two times that we've been on sabbatical, um, I started in um, 2004, so 2011, uh, 2000, actually 12, and then 19. Uh, those two sabbaticals really were, were very important in our life um, as a family. The first one, we kind of learned to pray together as a family. Have never been the, since, uh, never been the same since that time. Uh, literally gathering together every night to pray. Didn't expect that to happen. We didn't plan for that to happen. I think things will, will happen like that with the Pipers. Um, of course, Austin will be the family out there too. So the whole family will be out there. And the other thing was last sabbatical a few years ago, uh, I just, I was reading a book, um, Emotionally Healthy Pastor, really helped me. And in that book, he suggests you take five minutes a day and just stop and just stop doing anything. And so it's on my phone every day. Stop right now and rest for five minutes and do nothing. I, I've mentioned this before. I don't always obey that, um, but I try to. And so I don't know what God is going to call Austin to, but I, I trust there will be things like that uh, where God will give him fresh ideas, help him to kind of a reset with his devotional life. And then finally, um, Churches can get over-reliant on pastors. It's really easy for uh, a church to become overly reliant on the gifts of a pastor. And so it's really good for the church, too, to unwind and figure out how to, how to live for three months uh, without the pastor and then to re-engage in a new way. And that, kind of, that reset has always helped me as well on the two times. And I think it will also give a chance for all the rest of us who are picking up the pieces of what Austin's doing uh, to appreciate him more, and also to just learn that we can do this. You know, we can do these things. And, um, of course, Austin, as the organizer, was the one who created the meeting where we, he, he showed us, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do this. So he, he has split up all the responsibilities for his job and divvied it out among different people. Um, so, you know, I think that is, um, is worthy of applause. So let's give Austin a hand just for, <laughs> for serving our church. Eight years now without a sabbatical and um, for the great gift of, of being on sabbatical. Um, so let me pray for us to close. Uh, Father, we thank you for this meeting and um, pray that in May it be a joyous celebration uh, to change Austin's call to pastor. And as this uh, pokla and S-Pope uh, begin to become realities and um, be implemented, I pray that would be a blessing to our church, the staff. Uh, we thank you for the way that Austin has uh, reorganized the staff and um, created all these job descriptions. Um, thank you for this exercise. Thank you for a really big reset, um, which I believe will bear a lot of fruit. There's a lot more clarity now. Um, there uh, is, is more, um, it's, it's clear to me what exactly I'm called to do. And I think that's true of all of us on staff. Um, bless our uh, servant leaders and elders, God. I pray that all of this would make their job um, even more uh, full of the spirit and full of um, concentration and focus on what they're called to do. And of course, we pray that all this would be a great blessing to our people and our church and to the city of Winston-Salem and beyond. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
So that concludes our congregational meeting, and you're dismissed at this time uh, until 5 o'clock. Thanks for coming. <laughs>